This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, it's Casper. And Becky. From the DFWTO podcast. If you've been a longtime listener, you know how much mental health means to us. Mental health actually plays a role in many horror films, especially the final girl subgenre. Whether it's Nancy facing her nightmares and defeating Freddy, or Sydney taking out Ghostface to overcome the trauma of and avenge her mother's death. Not only are horror movies a huge comfort to Casper and I, so is putting our mental health first. And if you agree and you're searching for professional services, let BetterHelp be your guide. BetterHelp will connect you with a licensed therapist who can help you start your journey of self-awareness and discovery. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient for any type of schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get yourself matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just like the final girls that triumph over evil, triumph over your trauma with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DFWTO and save 10% off your first month when you sign up today. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-F-W-T-O. And remember, guys, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. Now let's get into the episode. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I am your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. So guys, this is episode number two of quite a few interviews coming up. And this episode we got... We, we get to talk to the lovely Ryan Chauvey. It is Is it Chauvey? Yes. Okay. I was like to make sure I pronounce it correctly. We get to talk to the awesome Ryan Chauvey who did a horror short called Sloppy Seconds. We got to see that at a Horror Hound Film Fest this year and it was one of our favorite shorts that we got to see. It was absolutely amazing. And we thank him so much for coming on the show with us tonight. Oh, thank you. I um I, I always say that I, I don't really care about fame and stuff, but I I just want people to pronounce my last name correctly. That's the only bit of fame that I want. So I appreciate you asking me Heck, how to, how to it, do it. I, I, I sort of equate it to like the Michael Bean effect. <laughs> I'm no, oh, I've, I've heard him. If, if anybody doesn't know who Michael Bean is, if you've been, you know, the, the Terminator, the original one, uh, I, I could go. Uh, right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> love him uh alien like just love the guy but like i've heard he was and, so good in planet terror too. yes oh my god and he has said his entire career he's basically said the same exact thing that you said is just for people to get his last name right yeah. <laughs> well i mean it looks like shove so i was like yes. just shove yeah. shove <laughs> i understand that it doesn't make sense i i wish i had some uh uh some hand in making it make a little bit better sense, but apparently from how it's changed from how it originally, I, I don't know. There's a whole history to it, but it is Chauvy. It's supposed to be a long O. Oh, it's Chauvy. Chauvy. Yes. Chauvy. Got it. Shot it. Chauvy. Show me Chauvy. You're just going to keep saying that the whole podcast. <laughs> no. Um, Mr. Chauvy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, you're, 
short sloppy seconds actually run won best special effects at the uh film festival which i think is well deserved it was it was oh my god really great i i loved it um it actually was so well deserved to the point where i forgot it was an indie short like 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 i genuinely forgot that when they showed when you showed that part like the actual the part like i i genuinely Uh, like i was like oh my god these effects are so well done oh my god like just yeah so that was so well deserved thank you I'll have to relay that over to uh, Ashley, who did our our. Um, uh, yeah, we basically had no money to do any of this. Like we we just paid a, a friend of ours who who does work, and in fact, she uh, one of the things she was showing us was a, a big prop of uh, she had just worked on uh, the um oh shoot what's it called uh. Bone Arrow, Hawkeye, the Hawkeye show. Wow, I couldn't think of it. The Hawkeye show with uh, what's her face, who was in it? The 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 woman, the girl who was in Hawkeye, and um, Haley Steinfeld. Big... Yeah, yeah, her. Okay. <laughs> so she was she was. I, I I'm totally brain. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, okay. Brain stump here. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so she had like a big like like uh, uh like body cast of her, and we were gonna try to use that. Because it had like all, she just used it on another film, and had all the the the, uh, the stomach was all like replaceable, and we could put all kinds of guts in there and stuff, and and uh, it, it looked cool and all, but we were like, ah, it it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do, which is how you know how it looks in the film, which is so we had to actually she had to buy a prosthetic and manipulate it the best way, and we were really worried, but. It, but I was like, as long as it looks like it came out of Tales from the Crypt, then I'm okay. And it worked, apparently. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah, a thousand percent. It's actually interesting that you said that. Uh, I read um, probably about a week after uh, Whorehound. I found a really great article. I'm not sure if you're aware of. It's like a review on HorrorBuzz.com by Brandon Henry about Sloppy Seconds. And he compared it to I Love Lucy meets Tales from the Crypt. And I thought that was pretty damn spot on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I am aware of that review. Um, he was really sweet to do a, a review for us. And it's it, that's even funnier because when uh, when Tracy, who's the lead actress in the, the short film, she's also the producer, she, she told me this the story. She told me the idea. Uh, and, um, the way she was telling it to me was she had been thinking about it and she's like, and I want to dress like, like almost like an old pinup or maybe even make it fifties, like black and white style. She really wanted it to be like an, I love Lucy type thing. And then when I heard it, the first thing I said was, oh my God, this will make an amazing episode of Tales from the Crypt. So I, I guess in a way those two do blend together and work out. They came out that way in the short. So that is a really good description. That's awesome too, because I mm-hmm. I'm a big uh, I'm almost forty, so I grew up with Tales from the Crypt. Like it's Same. been a pretty big part of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. Remembering being like super, like really, really, really young, and not even being able to get past the like opening theme because that scared the crowd. Oh, when, he, <laughs> when he jumps up and does the laugh. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh, it's terrifying. It was just, Oh my God, it was absolutely terrifying. And you know, Between now the openings, 
between that and the opening credits of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh my god. We were traumatized as children. Listen, All of us. there's so many yes. episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I had no fucking business so, watching as a child. I tried uh <laughs> Same. My my husband is seven years older than me, and I have uh he had never seen any Are You Afraid of the Dark. So I went back and showed him the I can't remember the clown's name, but I always remember Zebo. that. Thank Zebo you. The clown laughing in the dark. That is the most terrifying. You and clowns. Watching. I know I have a whole thing. There's a whole backstory with me with clowns. Whole backstory with me with clowns. Took a long time. And I'm still like not yeah. quite there. And <laughs> that episode, I didn't realize how much that episode had scarred me until I watched it 30 years later. And I was still terrified. It's it's terrifying. It is still, true. yeah. Like just <laughs> when that when that big freaky clown with the big teeth comes out of the the, the door and no. he takes his nose and then and then he's just like give it back on the phone. No, like, ah, stop. <laughs> I I hated it. I hated every minute of it. I hated every bit of it. Like I yes. So. Um, but we usually like to start off a lot of our interviews. It's kind of becoming a running thing with us to ask okay. people what they're, and you don't have to narrow it down to one. You can narrow it down to three. If there's a certain genre instead of just a movie, what is your favorite scary movie? To quote oh, uh, Scream. Thank you. Oh, wow. That was an easy. He's like, I know it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, yeah. 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 Well, um. Uh, well, yeah, back in film school, that was the whole thing. Like, you have to know what your favorite film is. And it's like, you realize, even going through this industry, you always need to know. But it's easy for me. It's it's Nightmare on Elm Street on, like, so many levels. That's such a wonderful fucking movie. I guess. It really is. And I think even, you know, I got so... I, I It's overall one of my favorite franchises, even through the ebbs and flows of the whole thing. And I think a lot of it is really especially the first film. And then when you really dig deep into the making of the first film and like Wes Craven's inspiration behind it and the creation of it. And then the whole story behind new line cinema and the whole thing, it it just was nuts, especially around that time. So those are all reasons too, that because I'm so steeped in uh, just the culture and, and life of, of being a filmmaker, an independent filmmaker, like those stories uh, ring so true to me. Like, you know, where he got the idea from, digging from his past, finding things that scared him, like that all involves uh, in my writing and my my storytelling and such. And then all the troubles they had to do with such a low budget production, but yet were able to break so many walls down of, of uh, technical achievements and such uh, at such a low budget um, and and make that film so freaking scary and lasting and to hit a whole generation of us at a, at a time to where, uh, uh, you know, uh, TVs weren't shutting off at, like TV stations weren't shutting off at midnight anymore. Like they were going on and playing all these creepy ass movies for us dumb kids to sit up and watch in our rooms. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's just, it, it's um, like every, there's so much about it that is um, at different levels of my life that are just brilliant. And um, actually a, a, a weird story about that film for whatever reason, like I remember being a kid and, 
finally not being afraid of Freddy anymore. Me too. Um, yeah, <laughs> I remember like, that. I, I think I think it was while I was watching it with like a bunch of I was I was watching Freddy's Dead with a bunch of friends, and that's when it finally clicked on me. It's like, oh, Freddy Krueger's basically Bugs Bunny, <laughs> and then I was just wasn't afraid of him anymore, which was fine. But I didn't realize how impactful that first movie was to me until um, for a few years there. I, I lived in New Orleans for a few years, and for whatever reason, I was living downtown, and I just could not sleep, like whatsoever. Just could, I had crazy insomnia. It was was up throughout all the hours of the night, every night, only sleep, not going to bed until like six in the morning. Like it, it was just nuts, and I didn't have any reason for it. I was just awake. And uh, it was killing me. And it wasn't until I sat down and I was like, I'm just going to watch a movie that brings me joy. And I watched Nightmare on Elm Street fucking slept like a baby. (laughs) Like it like clicked something in my brain to where I not only fell asleep, (laughs) but I got like the best sleep. Like it was such a comfort food for me at that time to where it it was a warm blanket and it just, it's just hilarious that it happens to be Nightmare on Elm Street that did it. <laughs> Isn't it funny how that happens? Because, like, my favorite movie, well, my favorite horror movie is The Conjuring. And the first time I saw that movie, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and now, when I want to nap in the afternoons, I put on The Conjuring, and yeah. I fall asleep when they're moving during that song, Time of the Season. Yeah. And I wake up during the, the exorcism. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> Every single time. But I'm like, I napped. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, that, that bit of chaos, like, I don't know, maybe it reminds us of, of peaceful times when we were kids or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's definitely weird. But it, it's still to this day, if I'm cranky, I'll sit down and watch Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street. I will, like, feel rejuvenated. That's I always... Uh, so I, I pick my favorite three out of the franchise and those are my comfort ones and it's nightmare mm-hmm. nightmare three and uh new nightmare easily the same so those are the three yep yeah those are that that is the correct answer yeah thank you <laughs> that is the, the correct three. answer i i appreciate that thank you very much thank <laughs> you. um i i have a very i have a huge bond on like a million different personal levels with three like at the age that i saw three I was like, oh, like, I mean, that movie just was like so profound, like, and it's just got yeah. some of the best kills, the best, I mean, welcome to primetime, bitch. Like, it's oh terrifying, God, it's some of the best yes. one-liners. It, it just, it's beautiful. And new nightmare till this day, when he pops out of the closet, I jump every single time. <laughs> Every single time I jump. I've seen that movie, I, I can't even tell you, countless, countless times. And when he pops yeah. out of that closet, motherfucker, I, every, <laughs> I'm like, Robert, like every time. I'm like, God damn it, Robert, you did it again. <laughs> it's so, so good. And just the, the with New Nightmare, the, the way that it shows behind the scenes of like this is a you know this is the real world oh. and how it all blends into the story together and how it's like the whole idea that some demon actually liked how popular Freddy Krueger got, so it takes over the identity of Freddy Krueger and comes into the real world. It's just like it's even more terrifying if you sit and think about it. 
Wes I Craven mean, was ahead of his time. Even on that film, down to I the swear. detail that if and if a lot of people don't know this, down to the detail of in the credits, they credit Freddy Krueger as himself. <laughs> In the closing credits. I mean, like, are you kidding me? Like, it was just, it was like chef's kiss. It was so, that, that, that movie is brilliant. And I think it was like, you know, it was, it was Wes getting back, back involved with the franchise again that like started it all. And well, you see what happens when the original people get back into the franchise. It's done correctly. He brought such an interesting perspective on something, a new way to tell that story, mm-hmm. which was just, it, it, it was uh, like one of you said earlier, yeah, it's like, it was brilliant um, beyond his years because that, that's just being so in tune with storytelling and, and watching them essentially have to create backstory in order to keep making a new movie just to make more money. Yes. Or it's like, no, let's just look at it from a different perspective, and uh, and it's just so incredible. Like even Robert England says, the first movie and New Nightmare are, the, are like his top two for him. Yeah, you're not wrong. Special but... mention for me as far as Wes Craven movies. Not to get down to Wes Craven, even though we could do that all day. Uh, special mention to Serpent and the Rainbow. I don't think that gets enough love as it should. That movie is really good and really creepy and uh i recently saw i think it was on shutter i saw the like backstory of that movie being made yes Mm -hmm. oh wow that i yeah and um not realizing that Bill Pullman did that movie right after he did Spaceballs and like that really messed <laughs> yeah. up my brain. <laughs> yeah. My brain. Was... When, yeah, when he was talking, he was like, it was my second movie and I thought everything was going to be as fun as Spaceballs. Yeah, my brain just did not compute that that was his movie right after Spaceballs. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um. um so to get I, I will it, oh go ahead no not, not to go not to go too far off topic you're but, totally fine um i i actually just recently rewatched uh uh what was always one of my favorite Wes Craven's movies um was Deadly Friend and oh my god talk about one no one ever Maybe talks about ever talks <laughs> about and i haven't seen it's that so, in so long it's so fucked up and weird and and specific and has all the you could tell it was thrown with all these like crazy notes and stuff that tried to make it certain ways and at one point they wanted it to be pg-13 or something i don't know but that movie when, when she throws that base or the, the basketball at, at uh what's her face from goonies the mom's head and um <laughs> and then blows up. like i have that just stuck in my mind like from being a child, just seeing that. It's that makes me mad now. I didn't meet Christy Swanson when I had the chance. <laughs> you know what blew my yeah. mind was when I found out Red Eye was a Wes Craven film. Yeah. I was like, what? I remember seeing that in the theater. Yeah. I was like, that's a Wes Craven. And being like, ew, that guy's creepy looking. And now I'm like low key obsessed with him. What's his name? Um, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Uh, Killian yeah. Murphy. <laughs> I yes. need to get into watching Peaky Blinders, apparently. Um, 
my 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 last Wes Craven thing I'll say is uh, when I was 17 years old, I went to see. Um, I had to sneak. It was the first time I ever snuck into an R-rated movie. I was like, no, I guess I would have been 16 or something like that. And it was for Sleepy Hollow, and oh. um, which is like my still my favorite Tim Burton movie of all time. But the ticket I had to get was a ticket for a movie called Music of the Heart, starring Gloria Estefan, directed by Wes Craven. <laughs> it was some weird, like, schmaltzy music. Do you movie. remember that movie? Yes, I do. Do you remember In Sync and Gloria Estefan saying <laughs> the song? I can't believe I'm even saying that out loud. <laughs> They're just... I have n- I n- I, I've uh... never seen the movie. I you... just thought it was hilarious that I had to sneak. I never saw the movie either. I remember what the movie is, but I've never seen it. No. I just had, I had to sneak into Sleepy Hollow by buying that ticket, and it just so happened to be a Wes Craven movie. That's hilarious. I only snuck. I snuck into the only movie I ever. Well, no, I snuck into two movies because it was an old Danbury Dollar Saver, and it was just really in a mall, and it was very easy to sneak into. Um, sure. I snuck into, and I was broke enough that I did not have a dollar to go see the movie. So, (laughs) broke teenager. Um, So, I snuck into uh, The Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity. Two of the best found footage movies of all time. Good for you. Good good for you. (laughs) And I mean, left a profound effect. Like, the Blair Witch Project absolutely terrified me, I'm and I of, legit I'm... bought into for a few months that it was absolutely real. I mean, it was just in the yeah. infancy of the internet, and the marketing oh, yeah. was so perfect with these complete yeah. unknowns that it was like, for sure. especially as a teenager, I think you could have totally bought that it was real. I'm kind um, of just. All, I, I went to the same school as them. Oh and my God, they, seriously? My, wow. Yeah, yeah. My my film teacher told us about how he saw the four hour cut of Blair Witch Project, and he was like, "It's good, but you might want to cut it down a little bit." <laughs> so we, we heard, and then they, they they would come back, and I met a few of them here and there, a few of the, the the filmmakers here and there. Um, worked with a couple of them on different things. Yeah, they were all really cool guys. But yeah, I, I got to hang out with them and stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I, it really fucked incredible. me up when I watched the movie Unsane. And realized that was Josh. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Joshua Leonard. Yeah, I was like, um, that's literally Josh from Blair Witch. What the oh, fuck? I didn't, I didn't see Unsane. But, I, but he was one of the guys I worked with. He was super cool. Yeah, he seems like he's really cool. Yeah, I loved him <laughs> on um, uh, uh, Bates Motel. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot yeah. he was on that too. Yeah. He was with Norma for a few yep. seconds. That was, that was a great show. But anyway, we digress. Um, so, <laughs> okay. Ryan, what yes. ultimately, so I know we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, you film school and everything like that. What ultimately got you into wanting to make films and ultimately wanting to make horror films? Oh, uh, let me think. What, what is that story? So, I... I, I didn't know it was a thing one could get into, but I remember being a kid and just always loving, uh, uh, you know, storytelling. Like I was always, I was always sitting by myself and like drawing, like my own comics or just pictures or, or whatever. So I was always that weird kid at the parties, sitting in the corner while all the other kids were like 
running around the bonfire with the adults. And, um, but I do recall back when I would play with my friends, like we'd be like pretending to be like, like Power Rangers or something like that. And uh, I remember distinctly like directing them, like, okay, now you go over here. Now, okay, let's do that again, but you do this over here. Like all that, like no cameras around. I just was doing that apparently. So apparently it was in there somewhere. And then throughout my teenage years, I, um, I, I started playing guitar when I was 11. And so all my teenage years, I thought I was going to grow up to be, you know, in a band, some kind of musician or something like that. And then it wasn't until probably 19 or 20 when one of my friends brought a video camera to our band practice. And I was like, oh, let's use it to just film something. And we just basically did, I, I basically just took that camera and did like a whole um, found footage type creepy horror movie thing, edited all in camera, like, you know, start and stopped where we wanted it to go about a creepy puppet coming to life inside this building and taking all of us out one by one. And it was all improv, just like, boom, let's just do this, let's do this, let's do this. It was like 40 minutes. It was really, you know, bad. I would love to see it today, actually. <laughs> no idea where it is. But that just came out of nowhere. And um, from then, I just started playing around with with making little projects. I like, taught myself uh, After Effects and, and uh, different editing programs and started doing little things with um, the church I was at at the time and just making like just really silly stuff i, I did this really silly psycho uh, uh rip-off type thing about somebody who just wanted a cinnabon and i it was it was so weird it was so stupid but i did that stuff and um again if i could find any of these i would love to watch them but um it was that kind of stuff and then uh, i had an opportunity to either come out to LA or go to Orlando for film school. And I'm from Florida originally, so my parents talked me into just going to Orlando because apparently it's closer. And I uh, I went there and yeah, uh, like I, I, I guess I fell in love pretty early and then just started doing it. And then now I just love every bit of it and I've been doing it ever since. So is Sloppy Seconds uh, one of the first official films you've made, or is uh, do you have like a repertoire? <clears throat> Excuse me, a repertoire. Oh yeah, uh, Sloppy Seconds is probably my sixteenth short film. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Where um, can we find yeah, your other ones? Uh, on my website, RyanChovey.com. They're they're all there. For I think most of them are there. There might be one or two that's just not on there for whatever reasons. Sloppy Seconds is, you can't watch on there though, because I can't have it public online anywhere um. Um, right now because of a distribution thing that's going on with it. But, um, but all my other ones, yeah, they're all there. Um, the first I'd say official one I did was I did a, uh, an adaptation of the Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe Ooh. and I shot it all on green screen. And um, so I, I basically shot it with the envisionment of uh, it being, uh, I guess, in the styles of Sleepy Hollow meets Sin City is how I shot it. Ooh. And um, that, 
that went on to win like some cool awards, but it also got into the hands of teachers around the world. And all these teachers started reaching out, asking if they could use that film for their curriculum. So if you go on YouTube and look at this film, it's nothing but a bunch of eighth graders from all over the world saying, we just watched this in so-and-so's class and we laughed at this part or we were scared by this part or how dare my eighth grade teacher show me this 10 years ago when I was <laughs> to watch it. Like, it's all kinds of, it's great. It's amazing. That's really cool. Oh, wow. That's really awesome. Now I did see you post something about uh, something new that's coming. What was it called about J something Jeremy? Yeah. Oh, so I, I just put, yeah. So I'm writing a bunch of Jeremy is the screenplays that we're trying to, yeah. And Jeremy is the Devil is the latest feature screenplay that I have. Um, so I made a new poster for it. That was the thing I posted about, yeah. Awesome. So do you actually design the posters yourself? Like even the one for uh, Sloppy Seconds that that we saw? Uh, okay, so design, uh, for the most part, yes. I, I will design it. I'll have an idea for, I. If you, well, if you look at my website, like all the mo all the posters for all my films are there. I basically did all of those, but there's a few of them where I got somebody to draw it for me because they were just a better artist. But I would design it, and then I would take what they drew and then do all the the, the graphic design on it, like the title and all that stuff. So sloppy seconds. Um, we I had the idea of wanting uh, the 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 poster to look like uh, an old. Tales from the Crypt uh, comic book cover, and like, how cool would it have been if we if we got a, a, a Crypt Keeper type character to open a book, and that was the, what you saw for today's episode was was Sloppy Seconds, and so I had that idea, and we found this uh, amazing artist uh, named Jesse, who uh, Jesse uh, Ladina, who um, uh, took my really crude drawing and made this amazing piece of art that looks phenomenal as a poster hanging on a wall um, for sloppy seconds. Yeah, it was supposed to be exactly a, a uh, Tales from the Crypt cover thing. Oh, I the agree. Ones that, the ones that I've been posting, like Jeremy's of the Devil and Awakening Nightmare, like I've been just experimenting with AI stuff. You know, I can't, I don't have any money for that stuff. I just have to make it for marketing to, <laughs> right? to make something happen. So I'm like, <laughs> So I, but yeah, so I've been designing those. That's very cool. I mean, that's amazing though, too, because they really catch your eye. And I mm -hmm. think that uh, we've, Casper and I have talked about that a lot about how, um, and I think that that just goes back to really our generation of how a movie poster can really like, like that can, it, it can tell you nothing or everything or all that you need to know maybe just in just in sure. that just in the 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 I, I guess that's what you would call it like the just a movie poster. yeah the movie poster it was like when yeah, the movie it's poster an art film. it's an art form in itself yes like if you think about like i'm looking around my my living room right now and i have see nightmare on elm street the thing the crow the wolfman the, the frog, thing Godzilla. yes yeah um, but you think about the thing, and it's like, oh my god, the old Drew screws, and that's a, a thing that Jesse and I bonded over. The guy who drew the poster for Sloppy Seconds is our love of Drew screws and type posters, and um, they were really creative back then, weren't they? Yes. It's like now, I, I look at so many posters, and they're really boring. Mm -hmm. 
That's why I um, loved the the poster for Nope. Because he, he didn't release oh, yeah, nothing. It was just a poster that said Nope. And I'm yeah. like, I'm here for it. Like, that was What it. are we doing? I have no idea what's yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even the character posters were interesting. Because uh-huh. I the poster of Steven Yun. Where you think that's his hat on his head, but it's like, no, that's not his hat on his head. Like, that was a really cool poster. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've always been very taken into, like, one poster that I, I've always loved ever since I saw it was a, it was Anakin as a child, but his shadow was Darth Vader. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, yeah. when you do yeah, shit like yeah. that, yeah, that really pulls me into things. I love shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Actually, um, speaking of the thing, um, I, you know, g- going into another like mega, huge, awesome inspiration, love, you know, John Carpenter. And sure. the thing is one of my favorites. I, I mean, it would have to be. Um, it's the practical, you know, we were going into that a little, we were talking about that a little bit before with Sloppy Seconds, like, that was something um, I, and I think Casper would agree, we're, we're both, and I know me in particular, I, am re- I really am a huge fan of practical effects. And I think, again, that sure. just goes back to uh, our generation, what we were raised on, what we were used to seeing, and what could be utilized for almost little to no money and just work. And I mean, just if if they can pull it off, they can pull it off. And I think that's what makes a movie like The Thing so untimely. Like, it still stands the test of time to this day because it looks so real. Because essentially it mm-hmm. it was. That's all, everything that you're seeing, they're seeing. on Exactly. Exactly. You get a pure, you get a pure night and day difference with that and the, the with 2011 version. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, the 2011 version just it just doesn't hold up at all. And, I mean, I did, I remember not liking it when I saw it in the theater, but it was mainly for those those effects. And then to learn that like they did them all practically, but then Universal came in and wanted to do them all CGI, and it's like, no, why would you do that? Because you're right, the original holds up so well. I I often think about that movie. I think about The Fly, mm-hmm. um, The Blob. Like, oh my God, The Blob! Those, <laughs> yes. They're, they're, the, the body horror in all those films, even we were talking about like Nightmare on Elm Street 3 when, when the, 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 uh, the first kill of the movie where he slashes the guy and has his tendons as mm-hmm. a puppet. Like, yep. That is terrifying, but it, it looks so good and it's so visceral. And, and one thing I, I love about those as a filmmaker too, I would much rather try to do practical stuff. Um, even as a, like, I know how to do a lot of it digitally and in some of my films, there is a lot of digital stuff just cause we didn't have money for, for practical for whatever reasons. But I, <laughs> the more digital stuff I've done, the more I'm like, I just want to do it in camera. It just looks so much better. But, um, I was going somewhere with that and I kind of lost my train of thought, but, uh, anyways, yes, it, it, it stands the test of time better and it, it feels more visceral because you're right. It's right there and it's something for the actors to react to. So it um it, it gives us a, a reason to react to uh, those those visuals so much better. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. It's agree one more. of the reasons why I really tip my hat off to Don Mancini 
for Chucky because as many as much as he's made and as much as he's done with that doll, he will never CGI it, and I'm so happy he won't. Which is great. Yep. Yeah. Same. It that 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 doll still holds up very well. I mean, even that first movie still holds up so well. How he does the, face, the facial expressions that he can do on a fucking doll. I'm like, I just don't understand, but it's ama- it's amazing. Yeah, and I was and I love it. I was 4 when that first. So that was like one of those first <laughs> movies I saw way too young, terrified yeah. the hell out of me. And then, of course, you know, my buddy dolls yeah. were like... How many times did you see those commercials in the middle of the day and get freaked out? My parents are like, you don't want one? And I'm like, absolutely no. no. Are you guys, no, are I you don't. kidding me? No, I don't want... You know what? I don't want any dolls at all, ever again. I don't want... No. <laughs> don't let any dolls in this house under no circumstances. Um, yeah, Between yeah. Between that and, and them all thinking we like clowns after it, it's like, come on. Uh, no, no, we don't like clowns. No, it it did it. Yeah, that was, um, and then funny enough, because now, and then watching it years later, and that that's one of those I, I watched years later, and I was like, oh my God, I I, I can kind of see why this terrified me, but this is so goofy, was Killer Clowns from Outer yeah. Space. I saw that movie way yeah, yeah. too young. <laughs> yeah, and the, the bodies in the cotton candy, I was done. That just... Absolutely yep. terrified me. Between that and it, I was just completely done with clowns. I wanted nothing to do with clowns. <laughs> I, I, I feel like we're having a bonding moment. Right? We know each I'm so I feel like I feel, I'm over here like, <laughs> clowns don't scare me. I'm just the odd man out over here. <laughs> it's gotten better over the years. It's gotten a little bit easier. But I mean, I went through like, I, you know, I, I've taken, I've nieces, I've taken my nieces trick-or-treating and seen like clowns and i'm like if you get too close i might have to knock you out in front of my niece like i i don't play like i'm not playing like (laughs) it got bad for me like for a while like when i was again when i was living in new orleans i was waiting for a bus to arrive to get on this bus and a a random clown was walking down the streets probably coming from a birthday party or going to a birthday party and was just getting on the bus to get to wherever he needed to go but it freaked me the fuck out to where I had to run into a bodega and hide and let him get on that bus so that he could to go on his merry way. And like, I'll just wait for the next one. Um, and this was like 10 years ago. So that, yeah, that was, um, but I will say the new, it didn't, didn't scare me like that for whatever reason. It's the bozo, the clown. Yes. It's got to be something with our out. generation. Well, it's, yeah. it's the fact that when you make a clown not look inviting, like he doesn't look inviting. It's not like I'm going to look at that clown and be like, you know, right. he looks like a fun time. No, he looks like he's yeah. going to murder me and my family. Right. But it, yeah, like, I agree. Like Pennywise from the night from the night from 90. He's Tim inviting. Curry, yeah. yeah. He's inviting. Oh, like, a Tim kid's going to go to him. Having so much fun being being creepy as fuck <laughs> like that performance is so it's it yeah it's it's absolutely terrifying and um i did not get that reaction with um with uh, uh with scars guard i agree I love those movies i really love those movies i think they're great but i didn't get i didn't have that guttural reaction and i feel um, like a lot of and, it too is how we had talked about practical effects i kind of think they went a little cgi overboard with those movies oh for sure yeah, and I think that really had a did. lot to do with it. Yeah, 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 it definitely did. Those, those were some of the things where I was like, "This is fun," but yeah, there is like a, a fakeness to it. 
Um, I will say for the longest time, I didn't even want to sit down and watch the Terrifier movies. I then, listen, uh, sir. For, <laughs> just for whatever, for I was like, well, not for whatever reason, but um, I saw at the beginning of, of one of the one of the shorts that he, oh no, All Hallows Eve. Yeah. At the beginning of the trailer, mm -hmm. it had a thing that said chlorophobia um, is, and they defined it. And it's like, excuse me, sir, I know what chlorophobia is. I live with this all my life. I don't need you to define it. For Thank me. you. Okay. A thousand percent, yes. <laughs> and, and so I was like, I will not be watching this movie. Thank you. Um, but then when Terrifier 2 started to get like really popular and like it was making all that money and, and it was in the theater right down the road from me, I was like, fuck, as a, as a horror filmmaker, trudging my way through this i have to go watch this i have to just go experience <laughs> it um it ended up being my favorite movie of last year hands down no questions asked yeah like it's, it was easily the best movie and we were talking about like practical effects and all that stuff mm -hmm. um how they were able to um do, i mean number one damien leon doing it all himself which is well, and we had one other person in Terrifier 2, with Terrifier 1 doing it all himself. It's fucking beyond me because I'm like, all right, I'm already the director and the cinematographer and all the camera operator and having to do all these other things. I can't imagine also doing art and clown makeup every single day and all this other stuff. It's insane to me. But um, Especially the one scene, and you know the one scene. <laughs> uh, Becky hasn't seen it yet, so there's there's a uh, scene that's incredibly I will watch incredibly it. I will watch it. And it's so funny because I'm literally sitting there eating a bowl of cereal and I'm like, everybody threw up this. I'm like, this, this is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I was wondering, I was like, which parts were people throwing up through? I mean, I could see where it's really, but I guess it's because uh, I'm so desensitized. Same. With, yes. You know, if, if I'm bummed, I'll sit down and watch The Thing or American Werewolf in London or whatever, yeah. where it's just gruesome shit happening and, and smile. So clearly that didn't affect me. I was more worried that I was going to be, my heart was going to race every time I saw Arthur Clown, but it didn't. I was like, this is very enjoyable. It's because, and I think it it's back. just, it's his personality. Like, this is so fucked up to say, but he's funny. Yeah. Like, he's, he's actually funny. The first, and I think also meeting David. Like, yeah. We've, we've met David. We've, we, we've so graciously to him, got to oh, interview David. You didn't get to meet him. And um, I really wanted to talk to Damien at, at Horror Hound, but every time I went by, he was hounded by people. Yeah. Oh, like, gosh. I, I can. I and can we got imagine. lucky, though, because when we met them, that was before Terrifier 2 came out. So it oh, was, they yeah. were still kind of on the low. Uh, it was right after the first yeah. one came out. And the first one's one of yeah. my favorites. It has my favorite kill scene of all time in it because I genuinely didn't think they were going to show that on camera. And they did. And I was like, this is oh, fantastic. They showed it. They, they, sh they showed it. And I was like, mouth agape <laughs> on the floor. It's and amazing. Like, I cannot believe they just fucking showed that. That's my favorite kill it's the scene. Because it's the same kill scene in Bone Tomahawk. And I don't mm -hmm. even think Bone Tomahawk showed as much as Terrifier did. Like, you know what happened, but it didn't show as... Let's just say that my lower half of my body shriveled so far right. into my upper part of my It atrophied. Body. It atrophied. <laughs> I was like, it completely atrophied. That's exactly what happened. Because I was at first I was a little scared. I was like, where are we going with this? And then he pulls out a saw and I'm like, no. He's not gonna... Oh, he, oh, he is. Oh, I, okay. I laughed so much. I, I'm very much the... You know, I'm... Okay, so you want to talk about another generation... Uh, rot, <laughs> rotten.com folks. And I just, I'm just so, you know, from a very young age, just completely desensitized. So I, the ter first terrifier, I just 
I laughed so much through that whole thing that I just thought it was, I thought it was hysterical. Um, but I am grossly behind on a lot of movies that I need to play catch up with this year. So I promise everybody I will watch Terrifier 2. I will be watching so it So one quick year. question, Ryan, before we start um, yeah. getting into our final thoughts and everything. Um, oh, sure. That one scene in Terrifier 2, were your immediate thoughts, how the fuck is she alive? Because that was mine. <laughs> Okay, so in the bed when say, she's when no. she's in the bed. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I know what you're talking. I know what you're referring to. I'm gonna say no. I wasn't thinking that mainly because we had just done sloppy seconds. Oh, <laughs> and at the end there there's a moment where you're like, all right, how is this bitch alive? There's no way she's alive, and um, where she just kind of moves a little bit, her eyes are open, and you're like, there's no way that's real. Um, I had one person point that out to me. So because of that, mm. I was like, nah, it's fun. It's like, a, it's better that she's like that. Oh yeah, no, I was cracking up. I literally out loud, out loud went, how in the fuck is she alive? Because <laughs> it, it, it went to a place of ridiculous and just yep. kept going. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something as a filmmaker I love. Like, I'm always writing that in. Or, um, you know, how can we take it one step further? Because I, I, uh, I, I, I believe it's like um, a lot of these films, especially nowadays, with a lot of us who, who have so much um, uh, intellect about how movies and stories are told, and even people younger than us have even more, they're even more with it. So the idea is never as a filmmaker to say like, Oh, I'm going to trick you or uh, this is a mystery. I'm going to try to misdirect you here. All that stuff. Like the mystery element doesn't really apply anymore. Now it's like, are you going to go there and how far is it going to go there? And um, so that moment, <laughs> I thought it was great. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> I thought it worked. It's mm -hmm. like in, in comedy when you tell a joke and then it's no longer funny anymore, but then you keep telling it, you keep, add it until it becomes funny again and then it's all of a sudden hilarious for some reason that's how i picture those moments oh yeah that scene that scene was actually fucking amazing i'm too. a big stand-up comedy <laughs> fan so i totally agree i think that i also think that like the same bit can be redefined different ways or the same story can be like it can be the same story but told i'm for instance if anybody gets this i'm a big burt kreischer fan he has this story called The Machine, and it's actually getting oh. made into a major motion movie. It just got made into a movie. And uh Yeah, it looks great. He's oh, so you okay, so you know. Uh I oh, I know about Bert. Yeah. I've seen Bert live two or three times and twice. Yeah, twice. Um, and got to hear I mean, got to hear him tell the story live twice, and it didn't matter. It's like it doesn't matter how many yeah. times I've heard the story. Every time you hear it, it sounds better and better and better every time you hear it. And yep. it's just, yeah, it's just wild. So, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I so wanted to ask the you. the punchline that makes it. It's the, yes. the story itself. That's what you're invested in. Yeah. A thousand That's what I had percent. to learn as a filmmaker and a storyteller. To be like, to like allow that. Be like, I'm not trying to trick anybody. I just want you to enjoy this moment. Yes. <laughs> And I think that there can be a big, those are, I mean, like my two big comforts are always, and I think they can go hand in hand, especially since one of the, I, I love 
uh, dark comedic. I love dark comedy. Mm, I yes. love sure. horror comedies. I love that's that's why that crossover with me being like a big stand up comedy fan and then being a big horror fan. I mean, the two can cross and work perfectly. Yeah, they can work perfectly. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Real quickly, that actually to bring it back to sloppy seconds. Speaking of something oh, being dark and really <laughs> funny, like we're we're still talking about that. Um, <laughs> What, um, I know you wanted to, we did go into a little bit about the idea of like, I love Lucy and then obviously tale, uh, tales from the crypt. What were some other inspirations about the, the story? I mean, cause it just worked so well. And I, I know being there and like watching it with the rest of the audience and you're kind of seeing the movie unfold, you get to a point where you pretty much, you, you kind of got it figured out what's going on but then the end you're like whoa like you didn't really think it was gonna end like that to not give too much away like what really brought it all together that that ultimately this is we were going to tell this story which you know everybody knows but like this is how we were going to do it um let's see i i, I will comment really fast on that screening which i I was terrified through that screening because it was silent in there. And, and then when the ending happened and the whole crowd erupted, I was, I was uh, elated. <laughs> I didn't know what to yes. do. I was like, Oh my God, they get me. <laughs> um, it was so much. I had to like sneak away while, while final summer started and text all of my crew and be like, this is what just happened. Like play by play. Um, it was so funny, but uh, it was, it, it was very warm. It, was, it felt really great. Um, but to answer your question, uh, I, I, I'll say that like, I, 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 it really was heavily it's inspired by uh, just my my love, my absolute love of Tales from the Crypt, and for like the whole I would say two years before that, up until we started filming. I was already on a nightly basis, like falling asleep by watching an episode of Tales from the Crypt every single night. Love it. I was going through the whole series, um, an episode per night. And so um, I already like had all that in my head. And, and it's always been one of those, those dreams of mine to be able to make a t an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Like that just, it, it was one of those like people would always be like, oh, if you could have remade a movie or if you could have been a part of any show or that for me, it's always Tales from the Crypt. If I could make an episode of that, that would be like amazing. If you happen to speak to anybody who's working on a creep show, I would love to talk with them. Um, because <laughs> yeah, that was that was yes. another one. Uh, but, but yes, sir. Def we, if we do, you're in. You are the <laughs> first one that will know. Trust and believe. I yes. I'll be like Mr. Shoby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, it, it was that, and and um, like we always had the idea of of ending it that way because that was kind of the story that that Tracy had told me. Um, uh, when when she kind of came up with the story idea and stuff, just didn't you know, didn't really know how to make the movie. Um, and then, uh, I, yeah, it had to, had to go there, I think, because the, the, the basis of every Tales from the Crypt episode, 
Um, it's funny. I keep walking by my bookshelf and I have like Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, the, the books <laughs> all sitting right here. The graphic <laughs> novels or, or the, the compilation of things. I'm such a nerd. Um, but uh, the, the story itself kind of had to go in that way because every episode was like nothing really crazy happens until like the last five minutes of yes. every single episode. And when they do, they are crazy. Like they, they go so far over the edge of what they needed to even be. And which doesn't make any sense to everything before the episode because everything before that part on the episodes was always like a crime thriller of some sort. Yeah. And so I was, I, um, it feels almost a little hacky to say, but I was basically just emulating that. I was like, well, this is how every single episode of Tales from the Crypt goes. So <laughs> let's just tell the story that way. And then when it gets to the part, let's just really go there. Like even to the point of, of the, the, the tone of the blue light that we had, that I had shining in through the windows, because I was the DP on this as well. Um, like I, I specifically made that moonlight like overly like comic book blue because that's how they look in every episode of Tales from the yep. Crypt. Yes. So are you a Tales from the Crypt fan? Is that what you're saying? No. Is that, what you're is that what, I, Not at all. No, okay. No. When, it was so funny when I was talking with, um, I know I'm such a nerd. When I no, I love it. I, I'm not making fun of you. I'm oh genuinely, my gosh. I, genuinely I, love, I know you're not. I know you're love not. Tales. Um, when, I was, when I was talking with Jonah Ray at, at, um, at Horror Hound, he, I, uh, we, we both just kind of dawned on the fact that he, oh, because we were talking about Sloppy Seconds, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's just like Tales from the Crypt. And he's like, did you see who's in my booth next to me? And I was like, yeah, John Kassir was in his booth right next to Jonah Ray, <laughs> and the guy who did the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And, um, uh, and he was like, all day, all, all I heard were stories of the Crypt Keeper and hearing him record messages as the Crypt Keeper and stuff. And I'm like... I'm jealous. One of the things we wanted to do was try to actually hire him to do a voiceover for an opening and closing segment of a Crypt Keeper type character. Oh, um, wow. Introducing sloppy seconds. Like, that's as far as we really wanted to go, but we just we didn't have the money to even reach out to him. We were going to try to do it through that, whatever that, the cameo service thing, too. Right. Man, that would have been great. I mean, and I, I was actually, I was literally telling uh casper i was like you know i i guess at some point i should meet him because tales from the crypt was just such a big part of my of my life of my childhood i mean i i'm yeah. a, i'm a kid of do you have a favorite episode is there one episode you can pinpoint as your favorite yes it's it's hard, and i, I knew know, for sure Oh my gosh, it's the woman, she's like, and it's a major actress, and I see her face in the name, I, I I wanted to say Debbie Harry, and I'm like, no, that's not right, but it's the episode where she was a prostitute, and she ends up going into a jewelry store, it was like a pawn shop or something. Oh, to be, to be young? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was what's her face from uh, Back to the Future. Was it Back to the Future? Yeah, she played the mom in Back to the Future. Oh my god, that was. Oh my brain, my brain's just like not working. Of course, all of a sudden. Yeah, I can't. I cannot think of her name whatsoever. But yeah, yeah, she plays Marty McFly's mom. It's Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Yeah. Leah Thompson. Yeah, that was that episode. Leah yeah. Thompson. Yeah, I that that is the one that. 
always sticks in my in my mind for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's so much because of her, like, and just like seeing her in that episode. Um, oh, I found it. Only Sin Deep. Only Sin Deep. That was the name of that episode. Only Sin Deep. So I don't know if it was just something about seeing like her specifically in that episode um, or just anything. It, it just, there was so much about that episode that just pulled from like so many different, it, you know, it was a little bit of like Dorian Gray. Uh, yeah. There was the, the whole like voodoo stuff and just, you know, her kind of getting her comeuppance because you know, basically she took advantage of people and it just, it had so, it just had so much. And any of those, yeah. any of those, like that episode and any of those episodes that had uh, cameos were always my favorites mm. uh, for whatever reason. Cause you were just, you were seeing an actor that you knew so well from other movies, like, Oh yeah, there's such and such. And you're getting to see them in one of your favorite horror shows like maybe something they that they would have never because i don't think leah Tom, Tom thompson was ever in anything horror besides that so i don't think anything that was like very popular at least that i, I could think of i only right. know from back to the future right from back you know, to the future little things here and there but yeah that one uh, I, I agree, that episode yeah, always that, sticks out that's a really good episode i i, I love that it's such a, it's uh, at least about every episode is so great. Like watching despicable people get their comeuppance. Yes. Um, it, like sloppy just, seconds. <laughs> it, uh, exactly. Like right away. Like we wanted you to see like, like this guy is not a good dude. Like we, he's, he's a despicable human being and we just want you to root for his, his, him to be terrorized throughout this thing. <laughs> And, um, or people who think they're, you know, they're uppity and they, they have the upper hand and they know better and all that stuff. It's just great to watch people like that squirm. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good episode. That's a good call. Thank you. So I actually, so one thing real quickly, since I, I have to ask this because of you being a sure. Freddy fan and you being a, t cause I, I always get usually two, several different answers to this. Were you a fan of Freddy's Nightmares? of the TV show. I remember watching, like, I remember not being able to watch it when I was a kid because right. of when it came on and just being way too terrified because, that, you know, when we were, again, we were children and it would come on late at night for me on like USA. Exactly. And I didn't discover it till years later to actually not be terrified enough to watch it. Right. Actually, it was pretty recent for me. Like, it, it's on uh, Tubi. Yeah. And so I've yep. been watching through all those episodes, um, like, over, over the past several months or whatever. I, just, I was just going into it. And it's, which is amazing that when that show got canceled, all of those uh, filmmakers and and uh, uh, all the people behind the scenes, the grips, the electrics, the special effects, they all went to Tales from the Crypt. Yep. <laughs> I found I found that out watching the Never Sleep Again documentary. I was so yeah. happy that they actually went. I was hoping during that documentary that they would talk about Freddy's nightmares a little bit because I was like, yep. love it or hate it, if you were a Freddy fan, we all remember it. So, <laughs> oh yeah, no, that was great. I mean, even when it remember we used to do those nine hundred 
uh, number of commercials like call yes. one nine hundred ready. <laughs> yes. I actually, I recently that wasn't Robert England who did that voice, but I met I I, I recently hung out with the guy who did, and um, like we met at just a diner. Uh, randomly, and, and he, he he showed me all this memorabilia of stuff he had, and I'm like, you have a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, and he's like, oh yeah, he used to do the voice for those 900 number <laughs> already. <laughs> and I'm well, like, that's amazing. That just blew <laughs> my mind. That literally everything else. I totally didn't know that. That well, awesome. <laughs> that was good to know. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for for doing this. Um, what do you have coming up? Um, if there was anything that, you know, like your socials that you wanted to plug, um, any other film festivals that you've got going on this year or any new projects that you've got coming up? Promote the hell out of yourself. You have the oh, floor. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the one thing I'm not good at is, mar is uh, uh, the marketing stuff with me. Um, <laughs> let, let me think. So, uh, well, as far as socials and stuff, I, I like to say if you just go to ryanshovey.com, you can get to everywhere. You can get to my YouTube and all that stuff. But I'm mostly active on Instagram, which is at rdshovey. No, wait. Yeah, that's right. Instagram's rdshovey. And then Twitter, which is at creepycoolpicks. Probably won't be Twitter someday. I don't know. There's things changing. But for now, it's still Twitter. And um, But as far as things coming up, I... Sloppy Seconds is going into distribution on a horror anthology movie um, yes. that they basically contacted us and said, we want to make something that's like Creep Show, and we loved your film. Can it be a part of it? And I said, no. How dare you? So, yes, I said, yes. You probably can't and, share what the movie is, can you? Uh, what, what's that? I said, you probably can't share what the movie is, can it you? It rhymes I with... Can't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's it's uh it's it's more of a independent type thing. It's nothing like that people would really know about it. But I still can't give out too much information because they don't want me to. Oh, obviously, but, yeah, yeah, totally understand. But coming up, but coming up the uh, end of this year, like I will be posting all about it because Sweet. it's going to be on all the streamers, and um, it's uh yeah, it'll be a, a really cool. Um, horror anthology that has sloppy seconds as one of the films in it, which would be great. Um, so that's going on for that. Meanwhile, um, I am I am I'm working pretty much day and night with a bunch of different people trying to get at least one feature film made uh, this year. So um, there's not enough to even really kind of talk about. It's just there's a lot here in the works and a lot of hands are in a lot of different baskets right now to try to make that happen but um that's the goal i have i'm writing a new feature script right now that we might be trying to film at the end of this year so we're trying to figure that out oh that's awesome hell we, yeah we wish you I, can best say, of luck. I can say that it's a slasher movie that's what i can yes say. hell yes yes we love slashers over i love here. good slashers we yes. love it well, thank you again, Ryan. Um, you are a friend of the show for life. So anytime uh, you want to come back on, you yep. are more than welcome. I'm so glad we got to bond over our fear of clowns and our love of Freddy. And <laughs> Sloppy Seconds is an incredible short. I was so happy that we got to see it. Um, and good luck with everything uh, that you're working on in the future. And hopefully we get to do this again. Yeah, anytime you ever have anything that you'd like to promote or whatnot, just hit me up because 
we're friends on Facebook okay. now, and we've been yeah. we have each other's emails. So if you're like, hey, I'd really like to talk about this on the show, just hit me up, and we'll we'll set up another interview with you. More like, than welcome. Like Becky said, you're a friend of the show, so just just let us know. Oh my god. <laughs> thank you thank you so much that, uh, yeah that's amazing this has been such a fun chat like it's always fun to just be able to randomly chat with people about things that i just love on a daily basis and this Most is why we we structure stuff. the horror or the yeah horror. what we structure the podcast like this because where we just nerd out it's so much fun <laughs> yeah. it's, it's such a great time <laughs> yeah agreed agreed yeah this was a lot of fun i really appreciate you having me on well, we really appreciate you. And thanks for you. all the love about Sloppy Seconds. Like, oh, of course. Oh, yes. Wow, when people say they like my stuff, but I, I just, I really appreciate it. Well, it was, awesome. it was, it was honestly really good. Yeah. It's, it's stuck in my head. Like, I keep playing it, and I'm like, I don't know why I thought the one woman's name was Linda. I kept saying, I bet you kept saying, I kept Linda. saying Linda, and Becky was like, who is Linda? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you just wanted to call her Linda. I was like, she's a Linda. Uh, Linda did you wrong in another life, so she just became Linda. Yeah, that's Linda. what I was going to say. Like, somebody named Linda <laughs> were able to relate to in this movie. Well, I'm not going to say, but there is a Linda in my life that, you know, I don't care for, so <laughs> she ain't we never going to listen to this shit. Lindas. We all have our we all have our Lindas. I need a shirt that, that says, says hashtag we all have, we all have, have our Lindas. Lindas. <laughs> Thanks again, Ryan. Have a all great right. night. Thank you so much, Ryan. Oh, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right, guys. That was the episode. We want to give a big thanks to Ryan again. Um, and please, like he promoted everything, RyanChovey.com. That's where to check him out. Uh, RD Shoby on Instagram is where we follow him. And um, just keep following uh, everything he does. If you got to be at Horror Hound or if you've gotten to see any of his other stuff, then you know how talented this guy is. And he's got a lot going for him in the future. And we cannot wait. I know. I Him saying a horror anthology, it makes me think possibly Oh, I got Buddy so Bites. excited. I got maybe so it'll excited. be bloody bites. Maybe it'll be something like Schmutty schmites. <laughs> That's why I said rhymes with Schmutty schmites. Schmutty schmites. Which is awesome because like Tony Wash is a huge friend to the show. Like uh, another friend of the show, big into bloody bites. So like it's just kind of cool to see how everybody. I'm is. also loving. I love horror anthologies. Yes. I am a child of Same. the Twilight Zone. And then Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Dark Side, Creep Show, yep. all the new VHS, all the fear footage. Another friend of the show. Um, like, just I'm, I'm just eating up everything that has to do with anthologies, and I am just, I am so happy about this. Um, so, real quick before we get into what we've got going on next week, if you guys heard at the very beginning of the episode you might have heard something a little bit different we got your boy <laughs> hey <laughs> demons it's me your boy. boy um guys we have like we got a big name sponsor we have an official sponsor we are sponsored up in this bitch um so much is happening right it's, now it's, it's wild <laughs> it's just nuts but uh yeah if you heard in the beginning you guys, you know how important mental health is to us. We talk about it constantly. 
um, about being in therapy and just how important it is to, you know, get your shit together, overcome your trauma, overcome your past, be a better person. And um, betterhelp.com is a huge, huge, huge resource to use. You've got a plethora of therapists that you can choose from. You can pick and choose whoever you want. You can switch anytime you want. And if you go to betterhelp.com slash the FWTO, you will save 10% on your first month when you sign up. So guys, please, please take advantage of that sponsor. Do it for yourself. You're helping the show out, but you're you helping really do you it. Out. You're doing it for you. Mm -hmm. So, um, and coming from two people who have been in therapy and become completely just you're you on you go the healing journey. I'm gonna tell you right now. Nobody talks about how the healing journey isn't pretty. No, but at the same not. time, <laughs> once you get through those nights or days where you just cry out of nowhere or where you know. Things just seem really hard. I am telling you, it is so fucking worth it. It is so worth being able to say, I got through that yeah. and I made it on the other side. And I can talk about it and I'm okay. And healing isn't pretty, but the the end result the is, is so... Your life, you will live a much fuller life it's and a, a much better it's life. It's a phoenix literally rising from the exactly. ashes. You got to walk through the fire. Um, Walk through the fire and flames. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, yeah, we've got a big name sponsor. Um, also, as always, we've got our merch and dice. We are pushing merch it. and dice. Merch and dice. <laughs> um, that is on sale for the rest of the month. Yeah. Uh, another yeah, 20% off. You've still got time to take 20% off mugs, stickers, tote bags, all the shirts. Um, to support us. So, uh, yeah, we got all this stuff going on. Guys. We got business it's, cards coming. It's crazy. We'd be wild in that here. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next week, guys, yeah. we have another interview. Yeah, another interview. Um, we're going to be having interviews for a moment. Um, so this next week, we are having an interview with, his name is Justin Stillmaker. And he did a, he did a horror short called The Writer. And it is absolutely amazing. It is basically Kill Bill 80s Stranger Things. I it's, don't it's amazing. The the music. I need the whole soundtrack on a Spotify playlist right now. Right now. Hey Justin. Literally. We're gonna talk about this. Right now. Um <laughs> It, it just, it worked. I, I watched it and yep. I loved every bit of it from beginning to end. Another one of those, just like Sloppy Seconds, where it was on my list watching the trailers. Like, okay, got to watch this one. Got to keep an eye out for this one. Very excited to talk to him so, about this movie. Yeah. Because I would really love a feature length film of it. Because I have questions and I want them answered yes. with a movie. Yes. That's all. Very true. <laughs> But Make yeah, sure. so yep, he he is our next interview coming up from Horrorhound Film Fest next week. Uh, once again, that's Justin Stillmaker for his movie called The Writer. Um, but yeah, um, as far as everything else goes, just like Becky said, check out RyanChovy.com for all of his stuff. He said all of his stuff's on there besides Thanks Seconds. Thanks again to Ryan for... Yes. Uh, the interview tonight it was great and uh when his sloppy seconds drops on whatever is coming out we'll tell you guys about it um, oh, show. so we'll yeah. make that announcement 
But yeah, so, all right, guys, well, you know, we have all of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast, handle is DFWTO88, DFWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, want to say, hey, please email us at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. And last but not least, give us a follow and a subscribe on and on um, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and iTunes. Follow, subscribe, make sure you leave a review. And um, is that everything? Yeah. I think we got all. everything. I almost forgot our Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do you have to? For half know? a second, I was like, what? What? <laughs> Twitter. Oh, Twitter. <laughs> oh, Twitter. We got it. All right. All right, guys. Well, we love you guys so much. Thanks again for all your support. And of course, remember, don't Don't fuck fuck with with the original. original. Bye. Bye.